0: Can I say I will give it
1: up? Carl Horgesol. Yes. Energy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank thanks you for, for having me. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful day.
2: It's a beautiful day.
1: I First of all, I love a good, proper German last name. Yes. And yours is pretty baller. It's a huge one. Do you know the history behind your last name? Have you done any research I've, on it?
2: I've heard a number of... Explanations. Can you just hit me? Because yeah. I'm just fascinated by this. Air, er, H-E-R-R. That's like Mister mm-hmm. Gazelle. There's a number of varying right. definitions. I've heard that it's someone who's like a manager or a, a supervisor, mm-hmm. a leader. Mm-hmm. So Mister Manager. Yeah, yeah. Gazelle I, sounds like a bird to me, but pleasure to have
1: you here with such a rad uh, last name. Such a rad name. <laughs> That no one can spell. <laughs> right, yeah, it took me a minute too. No. I was like, "Oh shit!" It's just like you would write it in German. It's pretty straight up. Um, I went to uh, I went to Facebook to do a little background uh, search on you. Okay. This is a very thorough thing, by okay. the way, Carl. Yeah. This is like I'm in deep on did,
2: this. Did you uh, Did you investigate
1: me? <laughs> I did the. I got a back black web check on you. <laughs> I, I know your financing. Uh-huh. And, uh, okay. Uh, no, and I didn't realize that There's you are. There's nothing to know there. <laughs> just a bunch of zeros came yeah, up. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't realize that you grew up in Arizona. hmm I'm also fascinated by kind of early musical memories and, and the things that inspire you to find your instrument, um, early records that you like have this this clear memory on. Mm-hmm.
2: Can you share any of those moments with me? Yeah. Uh, growing up, well, you're right. I was Born in, I was born in New York, raised okay. in Phoenix. Okay, so and my parents are from New York. Okay, so I have a lot of New York in me. Yeah, but I'm almost a native. Uh-huh. When I was two, my parents moved to Scottsdale. Okay, and so, where in New York? Uh, White Plains. Okay, uh, they call it upstate, but it's really not that far. Right. from the city. Yeah, uh, but it's an hour outside. Yes, hour north. Right, which is nothing like Manhattan. Right, you know, it's the country. Right, it's, it's pretty sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Uh, when I go there, I do identify with it, Really? but I'm really, you're right. I'm from here. Yeah. Uh, favorite records from just that early time? stuff, yeah. maybe
1: stuff that even your, your folks were playing or your siblings were playing and
2: things that got you inspired. Oh man. There's so many, uh, I'm thinking back, you know, I always listened to the stuff my parents did Sure. Uh, and they liked rock. They liked, uh, uh, Singer songwriters. Uh, my dad loved the Beach Boys. Okay, you know, uh, there's a lot of Beach Boys in me. Uh-huh. Like uh, the the way that Brian Wilson created his background vocals. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I definitely fashioned my some of my stuff in the On spirit, that. Yeah. Uh, off that. You know, uh,
1: gosh, there's so uh, many. Vocals. Are they musical? Were they? I mean, did they play an instrument? Was Was music a big no. deal in
2: the house? No, my mom sings. My mom sang but not professionally. You mm-hmm. know, she has a good voice. And my dad played violin when he was younger, but he also played baseball. So one day he went to his violin uh, violin uh, instructor. Instructor, or? and she said, "You have to make a choice. Do you want to play ba-? he was wearing his baseball uniform. <laughs> do you want to play baseball or do you want to play violin?" He promptly closed up the violin. Yeah. He said, "I quit." Thank you so much. That was the last <laughs> lesson he ever had. So yeah. <laughs> But my parents, yeah, you know, I mean, they're like everybody. They love music. Yeah. Right. And so did I. Yeah. So. Do you have siblings? Yeah. I have a sister. Uh-huh. She's four years younger. Okay. She still lives with my parents. She's mentally handicapped. Okay. Uh, you know, music became therapy for me because, uh, you know, my family was struggling with having a sister like that. They still have, we still have my sister uh-huh. and she still needs a lot of attention mm-hmm. and care. Mm-hmm. And music uh, comforted me and my family. Yeah. And helped me, you know, songs are, are like little, I always say this, songs are like a three minute movie mm-hmm. inside the mind of the writer, you know, mm-hmm. and they provide comfort and relief and uh, a good song leads to introspection. Hmm. and Mm self-reflection you know uh what were we just talking about i'm lost (laughs) i don't know
1: i blacked out (laughs) tell me um early early records that were inspiring to you and 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 your
2: kind of journey to the piano and singing yeah okay i'm remembering the one of the first records i had don't laugh sheena easton oh yeah my baby takes the morning train awesome you know the vocals is a tight pop song. Yeah. You know and I remember she did For Your Eyes Only. Yeah. I my I started on trumpet. I learned that I learned the melody on that song Oh, okay. just off the record, you huh. know, I picked it off by ear. Huh. And that's I think when my parents started to go I think he's interested in music. Huh. You know cuz I I spent like hours trying to f- figuring out that melody. Was there just a trumpet
1: lying around the house? I mean, how did you even get to that instrument?
2: No, my parents took me to an orientation. They said it was like for learning an instrument uh-huh. at the school at school yeah. and I picked trumpet cause it only had three, three buttons. You're like, how hard can like, this, this possibly this be? This has got to be pretty easy. You're looking at the trombone. Yeah. You're like, where the hell does yeah. that even start? Yeah. I was wrong though. Yeah. The the lip on the trumpet kills me. Huh. Like I, I, I never want to touch a trumpet. <laughs> it's just hurts my lip thinking about
1: it. Uh, so is, did you do like the school band thing
2: yeah. with trumpet? I started on trumpet Yeah, and I loved it. You know, I started yeah. in fourth grade. Yeah. And in sixth grade, my dad bought my mom a piano hmm. for their anniversary. Interesting choice of things. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a player. And I would, and you could pump it with your feet and make it go without electricity. Huh. And I would sit there and look at it and go, this is the instrument right here. Huh. Like,
1: and, the, and the keys would depress? The like keys at, would co- come so you, down by So themselves. you could see it.
2: You could mm-hmm. see. You edit. could see what was happening. Interesting. It looked like somebody with five hands played it. Uh-huh. So it was just thick yeah. With arranging. Yeah. but uh,
1: Do you remember some of those songs that it would play?
2: Yeah, Maple Leaf Rag and, you know, like Scott Joplin. Yeah. It, it, I remember it had some Eddie Rabbit songs on their uh, Rainy Day. I love a rainy night. It's such a beautiful sight. I Great love tune. Rain, I love it. A yeah. bunch of those tunes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's when I knew I was... Hooked okay. on piano, yeah. And then my my parents took me to. Well, first they heard me. We remember we are the world. Of course, I figured that out on okay. piano one morning. My parents were like, "Is he playing We Are the World?" <laughs> and then my dad said, "No, he's he's playing it himself. He figured uh, it out." Uh. That's when they knew I was really into it. Yeah, and they took me to Billy Joel. Oh God. They took me to Billy Joel. Where was he playing at the time? Was it MSG? It, it was at uh, the activity center uh-huh. where the ASU basketball is.
1: Okay, because now you're back here. Got you. Okay.
2: Yeah. It was at the activity center, and I, this I remember the song uh, "Scenes from an Italian Restaurant." Awesome. A bottle of red. Yeah. A bottle of white. That's when I realized you can do magical things. Yeah. With with just a piano. Yeah. And your voice. Yeah. You know.
1: Man, that's, it's interesting that you say that because though I, I too, took some piano lessons mm. but, and, and eventually got to, you know, it was super straight yes. um, um, Bella Bartok and oh, yeah. all this music that I wasn't really connecting with. Mm-hmm. And so I had to convince my teacher, say, how about some Scott Joplin? It's a little bit more syncopated, a little jazzier. Right. So I did some of that. But I ultimately realized that I can't make the sounds, like and I was heavy into Billy Joel like yes. I wore that the greatest hits tape out. Yes. And I was like I yes. want to do that sort of thing. And she just kind of wasn't having it, so I knew at that moment that that's not my instrument. I get it. Thank you so much. At the same time, my brother was playing a guitar. And as I just mentioned, I'm like, you know, I'm asking him, "How do you d- d- make these chords?" you know. Right. And he gave me a couple of me, here's D, here's G. And I started to learn Danny's song. That literally was yeah. the first Login. thing That I learned on guitar, and it was on a a nylon string guitar, and it it wasn't very easy, but it it was inspiring, right? There's a physicality, a difference in physicality between piano and guitar, and it just didn't. The difference didn't matter because I was now I was making song, you know, was replicating songs that I really dug, you know. Anyway, um, all right, so high school, you're, you're playing in the band and doing what marching band concert band jazz band
2: yeah did I, you, did did, you, I did i you... did marching band concert mm-hmm. band yeah uh my first couple years of, of high school yeah and then i started in the choir okay i joined the choir uh-huh and uh i quit band oh i didn't want to such do a the band. rebel girl. i didn't want to do the band i remember my junior year i was the only guy in the choir huh it was like 29 girls yeah and me hey it was it was pretty rad it was pretty rad <laughs> good times (laughs) yeah it was good times yeah i enjoyed that so
1: quitting the band what so why wait oh because you didn't want to be in like the marching band or whatever no
2: i mean i wanted to play piano and sing you know i wanted i wanted to be billy joel right you know to be an artist right and uh yeah yeah the band was was not taking me where i wanted to go yeah (laughs) yeah no i wasn't feeling that yeah And my band director was such a creep. She was mean. Oh, Oh, man. She would scream. Yeah. She had a temper. Yeah. So, yeah. She drove me out of concert band. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. And um, early singing influences? I mean, outside of Billy Joel, was there like a vocalist or or, or a record where you're like, man, that's what, you know.
2: Good question. I mean, Billy Joel is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a killing singer. Yeah. Uh, but there's a bunch. Yeah. James Taylor. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was, I'm always drawn to singer songwriters. Paul Simon. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Brown. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Man. Uh, All the classics. James Taylor. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So uh, then you go to ACU. Went to issue for music or for music jazz okay. piano. Okay. I studied
2: with Chuck Moronic. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I've uh, heard that name a number of times. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He was, he was great. Amazing. Well, he's an amazing player. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that program like at the time? Ah, uh, it was jazz. Yeah. It was straight ahead jazz. Yeah. You know, he, you know, he would like, we, I had a, con- we were in different combos Yeah, and we were playing, you know, Charlie Parker and yeah, uh, Lyle Mays uh Pat Pat Metheny Oh sure. You know. Yeah. And what uh year was this roughly? This was late 80s, mm-hmm. 89, 90, 91. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 92, I think, from Mashu. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about the scene at that
1: time coming out of college now and and you, yeah. you start to work and some yeah. of the places and people that you met at that moment.
2: Well, at that time I was doing gigs in Phoenix, mm-hmm. right. I was mm-hmm. playing, uh, casuals, mm-hmm. weddings, you know, I mean, I was, I wasn't playing straight ahead gigs. Mm-hmm. No, I never did that. Hmm. No, uh, just in school. Mm-hmm. I did straight ahead like jazz mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I was, I played with Todd Chuba okay. and, and Alice. Okay. You know, I remember we went to Paris ah. for a gig, uh, And then uh, shortly after that, I moved to Nashville. Okay, that's when I realized I was ill-equipped to be a studio musician. Huh? Because you know, I I went in there with my jazz guns ablazing, and they were like, "Oh no, no, we don't want any of that. Uh Keep it simple, right? You know, right? We want to hear hooky stuff. Like we want to hear a part. Uh We want it simple. Yeah, you know, it's actually hard to be simple." and and make something good. Uh-huh. You know, um Ben Montench, uh-huh, yeah, you know, Tom. Tom Pettie Pettie. Got, he ma- he makes it sound so easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, what he's playing sounds simple. Yeah. But it's it's he's he's great. Yeah. You know, simplicity is beautiful. Yeah. You know, and it you know, the what you play in a song shouldn't detract from the song.
1: Right. You or know. the I, I mean, or you know if you're doing singer songwriter stuff it shouldn't yes. shouldn't take away from that thing exactly you know um so yeah. what was it i mean obviously nashville is a huge music town and i can see the 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 interest the appeal mm-hmm. was was that what it was or did you have any contacts out there or did you just like you're just like i'm going to nashville i'm going to be a studio musician because the work here wasn't super
2: fulfilling or gratifying or I wanted to break into the big time. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, like, I felt like Nashville, I think this is still true. Nashville is where the songs are coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, even some of the artists, some of the songwriters that used to be in LA and New York, even they have moved mm-hmm. to Nashville. Like, I feel like Nashville is the birth birthplace of oh. songs. Huh. And I was interested in Christian music. Hmm. You know, I liked, I liked a lot of the artists and, and I didn't know anybody. Pers- I actually, I did know somebody, Israel Houghton. Israel was uh, a singer. He's still a singer. He's very good, gospel. Hmm. Uh, he's done very well for himself. He, he had already moved to Nashville. Okay. And when I first moved to Nashville, I lived with him. Huh. With him and his wife. Okay. And uh, he helped me break into the scene. I didn't know anybody but him. Huh. But he, he knew a bunch of people. Yeah. He's a good networker. Uh, one of the first guys I met was Chris Rodriguez, he's a guitar player and singer. And he played with Kenny Loggins. Huh. Okay. Chris recommended me. Okay. For Kenny Loggins. Okay. And what, what year roughly was this then? That was mid nineties. Ninety nine. Okay. Late nineties. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. So he, ha- so your buddy had that gig and recommended you for the Kenny Loggins hit.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He recommended me and I sent in a demo and a, a year went by and I never heard anything. I thought, I suck. Kenny doesn't even want me. You know? And then he, one day he called me. Huh. I was like, what? Okay. So I took the call, and I can tell he just heard what I, my recording. He said, I like your stuff. He cool. said, I, I, I want you to learn all of my material. Wow. I said, that's great. Send it. To, I said, I already know most of it. Yeah. You know. Right. So I learned his, you know, his live versions of stuff. I spent about a year on that. Wow. Never heard a thing from him. Like uh-huh. I'd talk to him, right? Yeah. And then another friend of mine, Tommy Sims, he hired me to do a house gig in Nashville. And it was all these awesome singers. It was Michael McDonald, Kenny Whoa. Loggins, Steve Cropper, the the, the guitar player, uh, David Page mm. from Ambrosia. It mm-hmm. was a bunch of killing singers. Winona Judd was on it. Mm. After that gig, Kenny came pulled me aside. And he said, I want you to be in my band now. Hmm. He liked what I was doing. Cool. You know? And, and after that I was his guy for a long time. Yeah. You said, well, 20 years then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been in and out of his band mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple times where he hired other people. I took other work. He wanted mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. but, uh, a bunch of questions. Um, I've been in more than out. Yeah. Of his band. Yeah. The last 20 years.
1: Um, was his music, I mean, we were just talking about how I feel like a lot of his songs mm. were the soundtrack to my youth yes. because of all of his songs on, all the, movies. on the movies, right? Um, and Same. those are huge, epic movies for me. Um, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of like coming of age movies. And I was mm-hmm. right at that target age where I was like, that, I want to dance like Kevin Bacon, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, footloose to danger zone to uh Caddyshack. I mean, Kenny Loggins was like the king of those movies. He was the
2: soundtrack. king yeah. At one point,
1: no doubt. And d- did that phase you at all? Like talking to this super mega star, like did that, did that freak you out at all? Or were you just like, yeah, I'm a piano player. I'm going to be in your gig.
2: Oh, did it freak me out? No, it was exciting though. Yeah. I mean, to th- you know, this guy's a major singer mm-hmm. and artist, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, he's calling me Mm -hmm. you know to to play keys you know it's uh it's a good feeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely a good feeling uh yeah can you hit me with some early
1: uh, like early touring what what was that like what kind of rooms were you playing you said it took you a year to learn the material
2: no it oh i already knew it before you ever called me yeah uh it took him a year to even realize he he might want to make a change, I think. Guy, got you. you okay. Know? And then he he had never heard me play his tunes. I see. And somebody else hired me to play his songs. And I he's see. Like, oh, I like what you're doing on these tunes. Got you. You know. So. And how did you? Did Did you try to recreate
1: what was on the record? Did you Did you change anything aesthetically? Or yes and no.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I definitely tried to capture the spirit of whoever was playing. You know, I mean, some of his songs, he's had all the best keyboard players. Really? Yeah. David Foster, uh, Bob James. Yeah. Bob James wrote, uh, celebrate me home with Kenny. Okay. And actually Bob put it in three. Huh? He, Kenny wrote celebrate me home in four, four Uh and Bob changed it. He's a jazzer. Huh? Right. You know, he made it more jazzy tune. Uh, who else has been, uh, Richard T. He's a famous uh, yeah. gospel yeah. player. Remember the song, uh, James Taylor, uh, How Sweet It Is? Yeah. Richard T. played the piano on it. Okay. The piano on that's legendary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Kenny hired Richard T. because he played on that song. <laughs> he, he was like, who played on that? Yeah. And then he said, okay, I want that guy. Huh. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Uh, all right. So early touring memories. This is the early 2000s. Memories. And okay. you're... You're, you're okay. hired by Kenny. You're going out on the road. Yeah. Like, what did that first tour look
2: like? Well, the first, I'm thinking about the first gig I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. at uh, the Coliseum, the Rose Bowl. Wow. Uh, and it was a breast cancer uh, charity event, and we were playing at the finish line. There's prob I mean, it holds eighty thousand people. There's probably about ten thousand people there. Huh. So it wasn't that big, uh, but it was still a ton of people, and yeah. I'd never played with the band. Huh? N- not even rehearsing? No rehearsal. No. Well, I rehearsed with Kenny alone. Huh. I. Re- Why b- before my that? first gig? Uh, it's expensive. Yeah. To get the whole band together. Yeah. And uh, I think his keyboard player. Uh, well, he just he needed to make a change. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So and he needed it to just happen. Huh. So. Huh. But Kenny and I rehearsed. Like he, we got together, so that was an that's an interesting story. Uh, Tommy Lee was rehearsing at the same place. The drummer, Tommy Lee, the drummer. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember he 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 walked by. And he said, "Hey, was that you playing keys?" And he was scary looking. Like He's all tatted <laughs> up. I was like, uh, yeah. He goes, "Man, you sounded yeah. great." I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> he was so loud. Oh, I did his band. Oh my god! Like I was outside the room, yeah, and I I couldn't even take the volume, yeah. Like he was crushing loud, yeah. But yeah, (laughs) he was a really nice guy, though. Yeah, super nice. Yeah.
1: So rehearsing with Kenny, you and then uh, you play this event, and what? Yeah. First time playing with the band, and how did that feel? I mean, what was what was going on in your head?
2: It was it was cool. Yeah. It was sort of surreal. You know, like. First of all, we stayed at this hotel. It's like the nicest hotel I've ever seen. It was like the the very grandiose. We stay at so many fancy places. Yeah. You know, but that was the first one. Yeah. Like it was culture shock. It's like, holy crap. I've been, I was working at Circuit City. Right. A a couple of years ago. Right. You know, selling TVs, (laughs) you know, living in a shitty apartment. I'd buy a TV from you. Would you? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Something about your demeanor just says buy my TV.
2: It was Sony or Sony or Hitachi; those were the hot ones at the time. That's when you were knew you were going to make some dough. That's when you sold a Hitachi, like yes, yeah, no, it was culture shock. Yeah, you know, it was like oh my gosh, I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a famous rock band.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, and. Um, was he okay this is okay early 2000s so how much has that show changed over the years is, is it pretty standard i mean he's got so many hits it's like you can't you can't leave a, you can't leave footloose out of your the set list or yeah. whatever right
2: a lot of the tunes are the same yeah it's <clears throat> largely the same set list mm-hmm. and usually we bring in one new tune a year or something you know
1: is he writing i mean is he making a record and
2: no he hasn't he hasn't been doing much writing, yeah no he, I mean he has a few new tunes mm-hmm. uh you know he enjoys free time, yeah, he enjoys himself I good mean, for he's, him he's done well <clears throat> mm-hmm. and uh no, no, he doesn't have anything new, yeah, coming. yeah, we and need to do something yeah There's no doubt yeah, you know, I mean, how cool would that be I think it's hard for him, like he's done it all, yeah you know he's had all the best players and songs and sing i mean i don't know yeah i would imagine
1: you know i would imagine it would be hard for him to pivot from that thing you know like if you wanted to go in a slightly different direction Mm -hmm. i would imagine stylistically you know you don't want to you don't want to upset your, your, your fans or whatever by, by throwing right. them a curveball. So I wonder if there's any of that kind of going on in his head. The, the I got to kind of stick in my lane and, and the show has been working. So why fuck yeah. with it? You know, kind of thing.
2: Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. No, I mean, I, I think he, he knows what works mm-hmm. for, for his audience. Right. Yeah. Right. Um,
1: what brought you back to Phoenix then? And when did you get back to town? Good
2: question. Uh, it was probably about eight or nine years ago. Oh shit. Back here. Okay. I moved back here and opened a hardware store. No shit. And I got out of the music business. Like I made a conscious decision Mm -hmm. to get out of the music business
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and, uh, the store failed. You know, we, we, we pulled out, we Mm -hmm. sold it. Mm -hmm. And then I found myself here and I was playing at Mastro's Mm -hmm. uh, restaurants, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, I was not having a good time. Yeah. So and I, and Kenny called me on a Tuesday. I wasn't working with him at the time. Uh uh-huh. you know? He said, "I heard you're available. I need you Friday." <laughs> I was like this Friday. He's like, "Yeah, I'm playing with a symphony. Cool. And I need you." And I was booked at Mastros. <laughs> I got a sub. Yeah. And then when I played that gig, this was three or four years ago. He pulled me aside and he this is not the first time he did it. he said i want you back in the band huh like i need you like huh. can you can you clear your schedule like <laughs> I'll, I'll send you all the dates cool i was like yeah man let's do it so i've been back with him since <laughs> no shit yeah you're like "Fuck this hardware store oh yeah <laughs> no i i needed him i needed him i was actually in real estate school when he called me man yeah and i was thinking man I'm. am I've gone a long way from playing piano. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. But now I'm kind of. I'm back now. Yeah. Or I've been back.
1: Yeah. What was the impetus for this hardware store? I mean, it seems like
2: way out of left field. Well, my dad had a hardware store. Okay. My dad was a plumber, and so he always loved hardware stores. And he had a successful store out by ASU, and he had sold that. He wanted me to take it over. <laughs> but I was busy right. at the time. <laughs> a couple things going. on. A long time ago, I was living right. in Nashville, doing pretty well. Yeah. And uh, so he sold that store, and then I was not busy. And then we thought, let's start the hardware store. Let's start another hardware store. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Didn't go well. Huh. But that's okay, because now I'm back with Kenny. Yeah. You know, working uh, around town too. When you know, I worked around town some. Bit. You've seen me. Yeah. occasionally. I work with Nate Nathan. Okay. And the Mac Daddios, they're cool. Okay. Uh, Gary Brzezzi's in sure. it. Oh uh, yeah. John Willis. Uh, Doug Mann. Doug, Doug got me in, in the game. He's the best. Great I don't know player. Doug. Okay. You don't know Doug? No.
1: Oh, he's great, great rock. Okay. He's a great player. And what kind of music is that band?
2: Classic rock. Okay. And I play I play Kenny Loggin's songs, Michael McDonald. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We do we do a bunch of stuff yeah you know it's it's the whole classic rock catalog yeah for sure I celebrate that you know? catalog me too <laughs> me too often often yeah it's fun eagles you know yeah we do a bunch that's of that's
1: all feel good stuff man right Right. groovy feel good classic mm-hmm. sing along shit yeah mm-hmm. let's um let's take a short little break okay and then we'll
0: we'll hit some of these questions here sure So the story goes, is brought to you by Santan Broome Company and The Womack. And we're actually doing a big show on Thursday, November 10th. Four bands, Brian Chartrand, Vinyl Station, Lee Pereira, Steph and the Articles, all the way from Tucson. We're gonna congregate at the Womack on Seventh Street in Bethany Home. We're gonna celebrate. I don't know. Everything cool. Uh, live music. Uh, Santan Brewing Company is gonna be. They're gonna be there, bringing some uh, some 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 samples of uh, some great booze. Uh, There's gonna be food, great live music. Please join us more details to come trust me but mark your calendar Thursday November 10th at the Womack in Phoenix Arizona let's go All
1: right so hit me with some um some stories okay recording stories or tour stories
2: or stories of tell me about, on the road tell me about famous people okay sure Carl you're famous sure. too though if, come not on. really <laughs> Indirectly, I'm famous, you know, <laughs> adjacent, you're famous yeah. adjacent, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the, uh, the game, uh, what is it called? The Kevin Bacon game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Seven, seven, yeah. uh, whatever that you is. can get to, you can get to Kevin Bacon so and <laughs> seven yeah. steps. It doesn't take me long because yeah. me to Kenny. To to those, okay. right? yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, you're the closest guy I've met. I think I'm the closest. <laughs> that makes that makes everybody here close. That's true. I'm only three steps away. Right. now <laughs> All right. Here's a good story. One time we were doing a gig with Mike McDonald. It was Kenny Loggins and mike McDonald, and Kenny said, "Hey, come with me." i was like, "Okay." I knew there was something going on. Something man. something's gonna happen. So I go into this room and it's, it's Mike, it's Mike Mack and me and Kenny. Who's Mike Mack? I don't know. Mike McDonald. Oh, oh yeah. Right. So
1: that's what you call him. I call yeah.
2: him Mr. McDonald anyway. Yeah. We call <laughs> him Mike Mack. So he's, uh, so we go over, this is it. This is one of their tunes. Yeah. So, and Mike's playing it. I'm just, I'm just sitting there you know, and yeah. I'm sort of, I'm singing along, you know, and Mike keeps going, what's this chord coming? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, G minor sauce. You know, what's this next chord? After about three times, he goes, "You play it." <laughs> so we're still playing, and I just jump on uh-huh. and start playing. Huh. You know, it was cool. It was like, and he doesn't know this song that well because he doesn't play it. We play it. His tune. This is it. This is it. Is Kenny's tune. Oh, but he wrote it with Mike. Okay, Mike never plays this song. I see because he doesn't sing it. Uh huh. You know when i when it happened i called a friend of mine and told him the story he said you know right now nobody cares about that cuz about twi- what? this story oh, oh 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 he said but in 20 years those guys will be gone yeah and you'll be te- you'll be telling that story yeah like that's he said that's a cool story yeah <laughs> you know that's so, funny I didn't i've never that- told this story to anybody yeah all right what else you got uh let's see what did you just write Hall and Oates. Oh, yeah, we toured with Hall and Oates. Cool. And that was cool. Daryl Hall is, is awesome. Yeah. You know, he's, 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 a, he's a star. Yeah. No doubt. He's very reclusive. Like when we were on the tour, we never saw him. Huh. Oates, he was always backstage shooting the shit, you know, yeah. everything. So, but one, <laughs> this was the coolest part of the, that tour. Daryl Hall, one night, we were in Philly, where they're from. Yeah. Right? Hometown Gateway. And Daryl said, hey, I want to take everybody out to dinner. How cool. So we took his band and our band to his favorite restaurant cool in Philly, right? Yeah. And uh were cheesesteaks involved at all? No. No, oh, it was a fancy on. Italian okay. place. He, gotcha. he rented out the upstairs of, of a, a fancy place. He sat right across from me. Wow. And we talked the whole time. Yeah. You know, he said. I said, "What should I get?" He said, "Oh, the Osibuku is the best." So I got. We 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 had the same thing. Then I asked him a million questions I about bet. you know what keyboards did you use on this record? Yes, yeah. all that he couldn't remember half the shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I said, "What about like the backgrounds and stuff?" He said, "That's all John." Huh. Like anytime you hear backgrounds, that's that's John. He said, "I re- I write them, I re- I sing them, and then John comes in with with harmony." Huh. Wow i didn't I realize that That was interesting that is like, interesting he really gave all the credit huh to john like he said yeah i, I don't do harmonies huh i just sing leave wow like, he pretty much said that yeah so. but it was cool because he's he's very reclusive right Uh huh. and the fact that he was talking at all was yeah. sort of cool yeah like i was thankful wow it was very cool yeah
1: and and uh what about recording with elton john
2: recorded with Elton John. I did Elton John was not there. Uh-huh. But that's okay. It was right. it was still great. Yeah. Uh it was Peter Collins was the producer. Peter Collins is a famous producer. He's English. Uh, he produced Queen's Reich. He produced uh Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Rush. Hmm. Uh Bon Jovi, like Slippery When Wet, is their biggest record. He produced yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. Crazy uh, big record. And at, right. At that session, Phil Ramone showed up. Cool. Billy Joel's producer. Yeah. And uh, he got telling stories about Billy Joel. He was talking about... You know the song Vienna? Yeah. He said, you know, Billy's intros, they're like little pieces within... Within the song, it's like a whole separate song. That's he was talking about that song because he said he was talking about Billy's intros. I said, Are you talking about like Vienna? He said, Exactly, huh? Yeah, yeah, like that's a whole piece within itself. Yeah, you know, it's like a movement. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Did you ever work with Billy Joel?
2: No, no, I had a friend that did, Michael Mellet. He's a killer singer, Hmm. and uh, he said it was really fun Mm -hmm. to to tour with Billy. He loved to jam. Like Billy would start singing 50 songs, Frankie Valley. He said, Billy is just a treasure trove. Like he knows so many songs hmm. and he'll just start singing. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Like he still got it. He like still got the bug. Right? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, just he still just loves, loves, loves songs. Yeah. Like he, lo- and he loves like do op, uh-huh. you know, you know, Inno- sure. innocent man. Remember mm-hmm. he has all those, uh, uptown girl oh and, sure and uh Total. tell her about it that's a 50s record right yeah right it's because he loves that stuff mm-hmm. he just loves that whole genre
1: yeah you know it definitely came through in his own music you know that yes. that love you know yes one question that comes up a lot is mm. you know how how the covid experience affected creativity um mm-hmm. what how, how did it affect you um, was it a period of of creativity, or was it? Did you pull back a little bit? Like, how did it that moment affect you? Were you touring at the time?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was down, I was touring with Kenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I, but also he wanted to quit. Hmm. Quinty, Kenny was saying, "I'm done." Hmm. Before COVID, hmm. and so, but then COVID hit. I was like, "What am I going to do? I don't have a gig. It's COVID." Right. You know, so I did do a lot of. Uh, I have a lot of song ideas. Like my phone has probably a thousand stream of consciousness. It's just me playing and coming up with melodies and stuff. It's most of it's half baked, Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of unfinished stuff right now Mm -hmm. that I need to go back through. And there's, I'm going to have another record. You know, Mm -hmm. I have five records uh, on CD baby and they're they were taken down, but they're going to come back up onto Apple. Music okay uh, and I'm sure I'm going to come up with another record. great uh, I have a couple of my records are just solo piano, and it's it's sort of me expressing you know it's not stream of consciousness but almost it's like just melodies that sort of bubble up and then I just record it uh-huh uh-huh. Uh, I have a couple of records like that so. that's the thing that people love that resonates with people hmm. is when they you just they just hear you play. Hmm. You know, a lot of it's free play. Mm-hmm. Just here's something pretty. You mm-hmm. Know?
1: Mm-hmm. So. And and did you experience during the lockdown or the pandemic like an increase in that creativity or or like how did how did it affect you kind of on a on a day to day level?
2: Uh, you know what? I I spent a lot of time self reflecting mm-hmm. and it became sort of a sabbatical mm-hmm. for me, a forced one, of course, but uh, I dove into self-reflection and, uh, spirituality, you know, especially Eastern spirituality, uh, transcendental meditation. Uh, I love Ram Das. uh, be here now. It's a great book. Hmm. It's a great book. It's also a song by hmm. George Harrison, mm-hmm. uh, Buddhism, Alan Watts, uh, my spirituality grew quite Hmm. a bit, Hmm. quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad COVID happened. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was good for me Mm -hmm. spiritually, Hmm. mentally, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Hmm. not real creative. Right. I mean, I definitely (laughs) recorded stuff, Mm -hmm. but I don't have like a bunch of records now because of it. Right. Right. And, uh, but
1: it sounds like you're you're kind of back on the road. So are things back to normal for you?
2: Yes and yes and no. I mean, Kenny doesn't tour like he used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next three weekends we'll be gone. You know, uh, two in California, one in Michigan, uh, and then I'm working with Nate Nathan too. That those are local gigs. So I'm kind of back to working fairly often. Mm-hmm. At least I work at a church on Sundays when I'm. Not out of town. Yep. Yeah. Do it, I do I want to have more work? Sure. <laughs> you know, I'd love to be producing a singer songwriter or someone that wants to write. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm always looking. For, I'm always looking for Bernie Taubin. Mm-hmm. You know, I need lyrics. Mm-hmm. I need something to move me into writing. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: So lyrics, if, if in your process. Um, lyrics are very important. I mean, obviously in any, I guess in any process, oh, yeah, but sure, but that, that, that's how you like to, to write is, is through with a lyric first
2: or, uh, usually it's the music that comes for me mm-hmm. and then I have to shove lyrics onto it, mm-hmm. you know, but I would love to have some lyrical inspiration. You know what my biggest problem is? I get caught up in the fact that my lyrics suck. Hmm. You know, I love Jimmy Webb. Mm-hmm. and Paul Simon and James Tanner, all these these are amazing lyricists mm-hmm. you know uh, I always f- feel like I'm stuck judging my own lyrics mm. you know mm. so having a collaborator is great because mm. they can stop you like no that's no good <sighs> No, don't do that. And then they sometimes they can help you make it better.
1: You know, right. So. That's a that's an interesting thing though, I find when I'm co writing. You really have to uh trust the other person, mm-hmm. right? And they have to understand you and you have to understand them. So that's not an easy like I, I don't know if I would do well in a situation where it's like, all right, go write with this person. It's like I don't know this person. I don't mm-hmm. that person doesn't know. Kind of me and and how I do this stuff and 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 I would imagine that that would be a, a challenge, you know, and maybe a good challenge. But I I, I do some co-writing with my bandmates, um, and it's and it you know it, it can be a touching it, a touchy thing, you know, if if this lyric is precious to you just have someone say, yeah, I just don't get it or yeah. whatever. It's like, or they well, come
2: in and tear it apart. Right. Like, wait a minute. I I'm, I'm already married to it.
1: Right. Yeah, I know Right. It. It, it's a little bit of a give and take and a lot of trust and yeah, you know. it can
2: be very humbling. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've definitely had co-writes where the other guy was rubbing me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I want to change mm-hmm. that. Right. You know? Right. But inevitably it's usually a good thing. Really? Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're right. Though you have to trust the other person. Yeah, and you know, for me, the trust has a lot to do with what have you done? Huh? Like, let me hear. Let me hear something you've written. If it's if it's somebody that's written something great, I I tend to trust that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you, yeah, you can tear up my my stuff because yeah. your done stuff's this. great, right? Yeah, right, right, right. yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's it's all about who who it is. Mm-hmm. That's how much. Tr- that's when trust that's when I can trust someone mm-hmm. when I've heard their stuff. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I trust you. Like, yeah. yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to
1: touch on, uh, Kenny Loggins thing. What, yeah. what are those, what are those shows? Like, is he playing like sheds? Is he doing performing arts centers? Like what, what kind of rooms and the sizes and
2: it's performing arts centers and yeah. casinos. Uh-huh. It's a lot of casinos, but some of these casinos have nice rooms. Sure. And, uh, yeah, we usually have a good long sound check slash rehearsal. Yeah, do you, you guys
1: know. do you guys backline a bunch of the gear, or do you everything. bring your everything yeah. is backlined? I bring
2: a computer. Yeah, that's it. A yeah. laptop. And what is your keyboard of choice? I use like, a Motif you- uh, ES8 or an XF8. Is the, the a newer version? Mm-hmm. So I would love to switch over to Nord's, mm. but uh, they're not as easy to get and they're, Yamaha's just always available. Mm -hmm. And I've always, I've used Yamaha for a long time.
1: So on that gig, you only play a keyboard or do you backline a piano as well? I would love to play a piano. Yeah. I never play a piano. So it's just one deck and all your sounds have to come out of this one deck.
2: I usually get another keyboard up top for like B3. Mm -hmm. And that's usually either a Nord or a a Hammond. Mm -hmm. But you you know what's frustrating about Kenny? I never play a piano Hmm. and the piano is my instrument, right? I mean, I'm the best when I'm at an actual piano, Hmm. even if it's a shitty piano, Hmm. like an upright, I can make an upright rock, you know? I mean, I used to record some stuff on an upright. I'd get it tuned really good. And one of the things that I used to do, this is a little secret. I'll tell everybody. (laughs) I used to record the piano mono with a big mic right behind it. And then I would re I would play a part that was solid, right? Then I would come back and double track it. Ah, interesting. And then I would split Piano. it hard left and right. Yeah. And the p- the parts weren't exactly the same. Right. But they were close, and I blew some people's minds yeah. in Nashville. I I remember uh, Brown Bannister was a great producer, Christian producer, and he was like, "How did you get that sound?" Hmm. Any particular mic that you would use,
1: or just record it mono yeah, and then double? We used
2: we used a couple different mics. We would usually use a, like a a, bit, uh, a large diaphragm condenser. Like mm-hmm. I think we had a Rode mic. Uh, we used a. Uh, uh, what do you call a tube mic mm-hmm. you know, tube mics are a huge sound right so mm-hmm. we would use the tube mic and you get all this information in the sound then you have to eq the crap out of it right like you got to suck a lot out right because otherwise it just takes up so much space right you know mm-hmm. yeah
1: i've never heard that approach that's interesting but you yeah. do it with every other instrument so why not the piano like you yeah. do it with vocals you yeah. do it with guitars yeah i don't know It made way. a
2: big sound it <laughs> yeah. made a Upright sound huge, mm-hmm. it made an upright sound huge, yeah, you know, and just you know it's yeah. just a wide sound and yeah. and actually the tube mic's a big part of it, because mm. a tube mic with a good pre it just captures all the air mm-hmm. around the room right right
1: yeah it's almost like the room is as important mm-hmm. as everything else
2: you need a, you want a good room that's has some liveliness some right. slap around, right, but not too much,
1: right. Oh, a good room is like a yeah.
2: finely tuned room is like yeah. gold. I mean, that's. And a room that's not just a square box mm-hmm. is always good. Like if it's rectangular or if it's odd shaped. Mm-hmm. anything. In Nashville, in Nashville, a lot of houses have floating floors. Floating floors are so much better mm. for recording. Having air underneath a subfloor makes it sound great like hmm. drums sound so good hmm. when there's like air under the the floor kind of makes sense right? you can never get that in phoenix right everything's concrete right right,
1: right. do you have a, a a song of yours that you can we can share and i put i can put a snippet in there and then we can talk about it or is anything like that
2: uh yeah sure i have a couple songs uh can I Change is a song. It's, it's based on the Serenity Prayer. It's kind of a gospel pop thing.
1: Can we, can we hear it? We'll take a break. And I can listen to it, and then we can rap about it? Sure. You want to rap about that tune?
2: Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if I can find it. Okay. It's not
1: up somewhere, like a
2: Spotify or anything? or it might, it might not be up right now. It's right. coming back. I see. My stuff got pulled off really? of CD Baby. It's a long story, but it's. I called CD Baby. They're they're pulling it. They're going to put it back up for me. Okay. Um, it's tough being an artist. Yeah. Why would they pull it? Someone did. Someone pulled it. Ah. Someone that I I don't want to say who. Okay. But someone went... that's not nice.
1: <laughs> Enough said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, tell me the... Tell me that uh, stairway to heaven story.
2: Okay, I recorded in London with Peter Collins for Bridget Jones's Diary, the 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 first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We recorded at a studio called Sarm, and the basic tracks were recorded there. At the time, this is cool. George Michael was recording there. I never got to see him. I wish I had. Yeah. uh, But it was we were in the big room there. That's where Led Zeppelin recorded all their records.
1: Was it in a house?
2: Was it, or was it a proper studio? It was, it was a big building. Okay. Uh, it, it wasn't a studio. I don't think when they recorded there, like they turned it into a studio. Uh It was a big space. Mm -hmm. Like I could tell that it was a room that they could get big drum sound out of. Gotcha. It was a huge room. Uh, it became a studio, I think, after they recorded. I, mean, I think they created that place huh. pretty much. At yeah. the time that they recorded there, I was told that Bob Marley was living upstairs. And Led Zeppelin would go up this spiral staircase and, and smoke weed with Bob Marley. And then they would come back down and record. And <laughs> s- somebody at the studio said that's, they referred to that as the stairway to heaven. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, because awesome. they used to get inspiration from Bob and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, recording in London was fu- fun. And then once we got the basic tracks recorded, we re- recorded at Air Studios. That's George Martin's studio. Cool. That is an amazing place. They have a huge room that is set up with a full orchestra for a full orchestra. You know, several grand pianos, uh, and then they have a smaller room too, just for like a string. Sh- we were in the smaller room, but. Mm-hmm we we recorded there on sunday this is the worst this is the, this is a sad part of the story george martin wasn't there because it was sunday the next day he was going to be there huh so we uh. we were one day away from meeting george martin wow we recorded with uh i'm trying to think of this guy's name he was a famous orchestrator he did a bunch of movies and he was he knows george martin he said george would love you george would love you guys you know huh. But we didn't get to meet George. Bummer. Yeah. It was fun, though.
1: And what what
2: were you cutting for for that movie? We recorded uh, a Van Morrison song. Oh. We recorded... uh... I can't think of the name of the song. It was a Van Morrison song. Somebody Like You. Okay. It was for Dina Carroll, Diana Carroll. She was a famous uh, English singer. Cool. Uh, yeah, Diane Carroll. It, it, you hear it in the end of the movie. Okay. You hear it at the end of the movie. That's it. And uh, interesting story. I wanted to change a couple of the chords, right? So we called Van Morrison. Huh. And he said, no, no, you can't change any of the chords. So <laughs> we still change the chords, though. <laughs> don't Fuck tell him.
1: Don't tell Van. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, don't, t- don't send this to Van.
1: Well, Carl, thanks. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your time, and thanks. thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, looking forward to uh, hearing you play locally again. Do you have any yes. dates on the calendar coming up?
2: Oh, uh, we have some stuff with Nate Nathan. If you go to Nate Nathan and the Mac Daddios, they have a website. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. A- a- any of their gigs, yeah. I'm on them. Okay, I'm on all of them. They're a fun band. We play at the Vig. Yeah, sure. Uh and who else is in that band? It's a bunch of it's a huge band. Really? Uh, it's Gary Brzezzi Doug Mann, John Willis. So uh, two drummers? Dan Tomlinson. Uh-huh. Yes, he plays percussion. John Dan. Lewis is a drummer too. No, no, not John Lewis, John Willis, he plays bass. bass. Yeah, he okay. plays with Ray Herne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh we have a violinist, Megan. Uh who else is in that band? Who? A I big ass band? band. Oh, it's a huge band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Nate Nate is a great guy. Nate is 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 the leader of the band. Uh-huh. He's he plays guitar. But he's really a philanthropist. Huh. He's a he's a real estate mogul. Huh. He does like huge real estate deals. Huh. And he just loves music and uh-huh. he loves us. Yeah. And he's he's amazing. Okay. He's a great guy. Cool. He's, it's it's great to be connected to him. We, Betsy Gans Oh is sure a, a singer that yeah. is with us. Greg, Do you know Greg Varlotta. Yeah He was on my record S- He's great yeah. Super talented Yeah it's a bunch of great Jerry Donato Oh sure He's
1: such a he's such So a full great. horn section Yes Yes Multiple singers Bunch of great players yep. And, yep and you play at the VIG
2: That's sort of like Where we rehearse I got That's you It's sort of a paid rehearsal I got yeah. you And we do charity events Mm-hmm. Uh, raise money we we do one gig a year in san diego and it's amazing we play at the hotel del coronado uh-huh and uh it's a huge fundraiser cool it's a huge fundraiser nice yeah
1: so that's what's that's what's up that's where people would uh would find you playing around and you do other stuff though i've seen you with uh with florio and johnny Di francesco and yeah
2: yep yeah, and I play with uh, Lucky Devils. I do some of their gigs. Yep. You know, th- those are privates usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, weddings. Sure. You know, yep. uh, private functions for companies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. What else do I do? Play at, I play at a church, Cross of Christ. It's in Anthem. Okay. It's a great place. They have a great band.
1: Yeah. Great band. Yeah. Wow. I know a ton of great musicians who who do the church thing. And yeah, yeah,
2: yeah it's a bunch of talented guys.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again. Ho- hope to, hope to run into you and, and hear you play again. Yeah. And, and maybe we should uh, maybe we should do a writing session together. We should write,
2: yeah. And we should play somewhere together. Yeah. All
1: right. Okay. Yeah. I'm into that. I love it. Thanks, Carl. Thank you.
0: So the story goes.